This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. A review of Disney Dream today. A quick reminder, if you want to catch up on all the news, check out Cruise Radio News. It's the three things you need to know every Monday through Friday, found just opposite of this channel or on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. Daniel and his daughter just returned from a four-night cruise aboard Disney Dream, one of the first cruises back. It did a double dip at Castaway Key, and Daniel joins us on the line. Hey, buddy. Hey, Doug. Good to talk to you, man. So let's uh, talk all about this four-night sailing you did on Dream. And as we always do, we'll take a step back and give us some pre-cruise thoughts. I know uh, it's been a little while since your last cruise. So what made you want to take one of these first cruises back on Disney Dream? We have been canceled, I think, two or three times over the last 19, 20, 22 months, whatever it's been. We're going on a Disney cruise. And my daughter and I, this is our fifth cruise on Disney since she was three. And as you said, uh, she's eight now. So we were like, I, COVID is, man, it's been tough. And we finally have the green light to go. I'm double vaxxed and she tested negative. And we're like, let's do it. So we bookended the cruise with two days in Disney. And then we went to the dream out of Cape Canaveral. And we've never been on the dream, actually. We've only done the fantasy and the magic. And the dream is a, a bigger ship than the magic, which is sort of our home ship. And we were just psyched to do it. So you make your way down from New York to Orlando. You do a little pre-time at the Disney uh, resorts down there and you make your way to the ship. How was embarkation this go around and how did it differ from last embarkation you did with Disney? It was quite different. We took an Uber from our hotel to Port Canaveral. It was about an hour or so. Smooth riding. There was no wait in terms of the car being in any sort of a line or a queue. The first step is that I had to bring my daughter to a little tent area because she's under 12 and not vaccinated. And I had to manually test her, her nostrils for the PCR. And that occurred after we showed them our safe passage QR codes, which are done at home, which were very easy to do. It's simply that she got a test between three days and 24 hours out that she was negative and I had downloaded the picture of my vaccination. Mm-hmm. Once that's done, we generate two QR codes that we print out or you can put on your on your smartphone wallet. After which, you'll, I mean, the unexpected thing was I thought someone else would have to do the nostril swirl. Mm-hmm. And I had to do it. And she looked at me like, listen, mister, you <laughs> do not go deep. I was like, ah, and then the woman who was administrating, the nurse who was administrating the test was like, you got to go a little deep. So I did. She made a face, did the other side, um, gave it to her. Um, then we sat in a very big tent that was blissfully air conditioned because outside, on um, which was August 6th, 16th, our day of embarkation, it was maybe, maybe 102 degrees. Yeah. It took a while. There was a TV screen that showed uh, your number that it was associated to your QR code. And when your number popped up, you would get an email and you were free to go. She watched like classic Mickey cartoons and stuff. I was on my phone 
And within 30 minutes, um, we were clear to go. At which point you exit the big tent and you can get on the ship. Very cool. So then uh, from curb to ship, how long did it take? Curb to ship, 37 minutes. Wow. Okay. That's pretty precise. Yeah. Nice. So <laughs> <laughs> I counted for this interview, obviously, awesome. but I, I did count. Um, it wasn't bad. It was a little confusing. They were, there was a discrepancy between the information on the screen, the TV screen in front of you in the tent, and the email you received, meaning we did never receive the information on the screen. We received information via email. In other words, the email is the most authoritative way to know that you're ready to board the ship. Gotcha. So you make your way on board Disney Dream. Do they still do where they call the family names out and everything, or have they stopped that because of it's using your voice and it's possible spread or whatever? No, they they did they did our names and we stepped aboard and it was emotional. It's been you know twenty months since being on a cruise ship and a lot has happened in our family since then. So we were we were happy, sad. We were happy. We got on board. There was a go away cavalcade on the third deck of Minnie and Mickey, Captain Minnie and Mickey. There were songs. It was magical. It was great. It was, um, they did limit the number of people who were in that space at that time in the lobby. There was physical distancing as well. And, you know, they did a song and dance. The family names were again mentioned. And when that was done, you were free to go to your room. All right. Now, what kind of room did you book on this sailing? And how was it? I mean, from previous cruises, was there like limited cabin service or was the remote in a wrapper or anything? We were in a concierge family room, Mm -hmm. which was wonderful. The remotes were not wrapped up. The room was wonderful. We had a very nicely sized veranda. The only sort of evidence of COVID, I mean, they didn't leave masks or Purell or any antiseptic. The really only evidence of COVID was the e-muster where we, I just did it on my app and we were done. I had to then go downstairs to my daughter, scan a QR code um, to prove that we were there and we were done. The room itself was great. Incredibly comfortable bed, two bathroom spaces, one a shower, one a dedicated toilet area. There was uh, really, really nice, actually, shampoo, conditioner and soap products I don't know if that's because of the concierge experience or because it's just Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, it was seamless. And we had our room keys are right there on the little fishy that exists by the door. And we just went in and unpacked and went right to Cabanas. Very good. So you make your way up to uh, get some food at Cabanas. How was that experience? And has it changed much with COVID? It has. It used to be a free-for-all buffet. I would say now that there are servers at every station who serve you. And the offerings, I, I would say, are slightly more limited if memory serves. But it's still really, I mean, there's still stone crab and shrimp, a variety of different stations. The servers are incredibly friendly and they're incredibly responsive. Whatever you want. You want more, you want less. It's sort of, it's effective in simulating a buffet. I found the food to be great. And because the capacity of the ship was so limited, Cabanas is on, the, on embarkation days, usually a zoo. And you have to figure out a plan 
to survive and get maybe outside or grab something. Mm-hmm. But in this case, there were tables open. Everything was available. It was delicious. The variety was really good. I would say that my favorite part of Cabanas on this trip was their shellfish. I thought it was incredibly fresh, exceptional, bountiful. At the risk of sounding stupid, does Disney have crab legs at every single buffet? Like every feeding time? Yeah. Wow. They, they did. They had amazing crab legs. Really, really nice shrimp. My daughter, whose taste buds are developing, has just gotten into shrimp. And she was like, wow, this is the best shrimp I ever had. Um, awesome. It was the, the seafood in Cabanas differentiates it from Royal Norwegian. It's top notch. Yeah. And it's, it's plentiful. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so good. So Disney is known for rotational dining. So how was it on this sailing? I mean, were you able to sit with strangers or was it just your party only? No, we we used to be matched up with, uh, I guess, our demographic. You know, me being a husband or father, her being a, a child. And they would put us up with, I guess, a single parent and another child. But in this trip, they decided because of COVID that you would just sit alone. So we sat together, which was great. Our first night, we did the Royal Table, which good theming, sort of Beauty and the Beast and Princesses. And think of all the royalty in the Disney universe of movies and books and things and cartoons. Very good. I ate every night something very particular. I like salmon. So I was always like blackened salmon, side of salad. My daughter always said, I want chicken with some french fries. So we didn't vary from that. So I can't speak terribly to the, the quality of, the, nor the variety of the food. But everything we had was delicious. My daughter loved the bread and the desserts. You know, they make the ketchup into a hidden Mickey or Mickey ears. The salmon and salad I had throughout were amazing. The lighting and the theming in the restaurants, we did Royal. They had us in Animator's Palette twice. And then we did Enchanted Garden to end the trip. Our serving team, I remember their names still. I'll give a shout out in case you're listening. Were Craig, whose last name is Wisdom. Craig, Wisdom, mm-hmm. Ali, and Alexander. Spectacular. They knew exactly what I wanted, what she wanted. They did magic tricks for us. They were the star of the show. The food was fresh. We both had sort of the same thing every night, but Doug, it was like fresh. It was good. I like my salmon rare, blackened, and it was perfect. Nice. Now, did you dine anywhere uh, outside of Cabana's in the main dining rooms? We did. Um, we, we did two days at Castaway. We um, went to Cookies, which is their, their barbecue buffet. And it was great. We had jerk chicken, excellent corn, really good corn, good coleslaw. Like everything it was, it was splendid. And we um, were lucky enough to get at last moment a cabana at Castaway, which is extraordinary. You have a little fridge there. They give you fresh fruit. You're right on the water in your own special sort of lagoon. There is um, inflatables for you to use. You go snorkeling. It's a brief walk over to Pelican Plunge, which is a water slide that's out there uh, at Castaway. It's pretty fast and intense. Nice. It was actually broken the second day, but worked the first day. But 
the cabanas themselves were were wonderful. They're themed shacks. It looks like something that survived a hurricane, mm-hmm. but has electricity. It was wonderful. We were treated beautifully there. Very cool. So let's talk about entertainment on this four-night cruise. Uh, the fireworks and everything still go on as normal? They did. They were a little short, though, I have to admit. You're given a sort of a slot or a time to see them, and we saw them once. They were a little short. They were not as they used to be, but they exist. I mean, they're still at sea. They're still doing it. But instead of it being like a 12 to 15-minute extravaganza, it was more of um, maybe two or three minutes. How about the stage shows and entertainment around the ship? We were in the later seating for dinner, and we caught a show called Believe towards the end of it, towards the half end. And that was good, a little hokey, but, you know, it was fun. Uh, my daughter, again, who was eight, it was like, eh. And, and then we, we were able to see the entirety of Beauty and the Beast. That was extraordinary. It was, we've awesome. seen it on Broadway, mm-hmm. and I, we thought this one was better. Like, as New Yorkers, that was a big conceit. Part of the, what was extraordinary was that I have no idea how they did that in that space at sea. It just, some of the, the stage technology just blew my mind. Were you able to hang out at any of the adult areas on board while your daughter was maybe in the kids' club? She went to the kids' club, but that also had to be, uh, you had to make a reservation for that. And it was always only 90 minutes. So when she went there, she went there every day for 90 minutes because she wanted to. And they were great, by the way. Um, But you had to make a reservation in advance and you had to pick her up after 90 minutes. Wonderful. They made, you know, slime and had fun and did simulated Star Wars stuff. She was, she wanted to stay. And I was like, no, you're coming with me. Well, she was away. I did go to the district. I think I went to Pink. I went to like a champagne bar or something. And I loved it. Again, like the ship was, there were only 1,300 people on the ship. So the world was your oyster. Really nice lighting at Pink. Good snacks. Great champagne. But that was the only one I really did. I did go to the adult pool, and there was no one there. It was just, and this is a fact of cruising right now. It was just so wonderful. Yeah. Um, had some nice conversations out there in the adult area. You mentioned there were around 1,300 people on board. Did you get any official counts by any of the crew or staff? I'm just curious. I did. This sailing, according to the cruise director, said it was 1,350. So nice. that's, and they're usually expect, I think, in excess of 4,000. Wow. So a nice time to be on a Disney ship or any ship, I guess. It was great. Like the line for the aqueduct was maybe 12 minutes and it could be in high season with full capacity as much as, I don't know, two hours. So I probably know the answer to this next question because of the limited capacity, but uh, how was the ship on sea days? You mentioned earlier you had no problem finding a place out by the pool. Sea days are great. We, um, we had no problem finding a place by the pool. The one thing about the pool, the new rule is that there are only 13 people allowed in the kids' pool or the family pool. And they're only allowed in for 15 minutes. Wow. So there's a lifeguard who blows a whistle to essentially suggest that the people in the pool have to leave and new people can come in. And that was, I would say, if anything... Um, during the cruise, that was the most sort of COVID-y thing that happened. Mm-hmm. It reminded me that it, this is a different 
a different animal in terms of cruising. And it was fine. You know, we just we do what they say. And my daughter didn't complain. She just got out of the pool. But that was sort of the only thing where I was like, ah, this is different. You mentioned a couple of minutes ago that this sailing was a double dip at Castaway and you had a cabana there and it was a pretty nice day. How was the vibe on the island? Like, are they still doing the 5K there? Yeah, they're doing the 5K, but you sort of do it on your own, sort of an honor system. So you <laughs> you run the 5K, then you go back to the ship and you get your medal. And like, they don't ask if you've done it. There's no stats. You sort of just do it and, and that's it. I did not do it because I was with my daughter and I went to the gym every morning while she was at kids club. Oh, and by the way, with the gym, you have to prove that you're fully vaxxed to get in. Um, they asked that. But the vibe of the island was great. Um, Castaway is uh, beautiful, beautifully themed, incredibly hot. You really have to pick and choose your moments to get under the shade. The people there serving were great. I was told that they're all still sort of living there. They had been living there for quite some time, even during, you know, pre-sale days and stuff. It just, everyone there was so happy to see paying customers back. Yeah. Well, we couldn't exactly hug for whatever reason, that there was a understood tenderness between passenger and crew. It was just, people were happy. It was just amazing. What was the vibe like on the ship between the passengers? I mean, does Disney require you to wear masks on board if you're vaccinated or not? They require you to wear masks indoors. Okay. Uh, but not out, out of doors. Right. And all the, the crew slash all the cast members have to wear masks continuously. The vibe was lovely. The cast members were amazingly happy that we were there. COVID wasn't really spoken about which I found interesting. Like no one, it was sort of as if no one was pretending that COVID didn't happen, mm -hmm. but no one was really talking about it in a way that would be derogatory towards your experience. Yeah. Which is also refreshing too. Yeah. It was a different cruise slightly, mm -hmm. but, it, but it was a successful cruise. It was, um, we had a great time. The ship was clean, looked wonderful. The concierge staff was great. Our dining staff was great. Everyone was just sort of like supportive. Let's do this. You know, let's just be as accommodating to one another and to the cast members as we can be. Yeah. That was the spirit. That really was the spirit. How were they, if at all, doing the meet and greets on board? I know when I was at Pop Century Resort a few weeks ago and Goofy was kind of doing a... Um, I guess, meet and greet from afar. He was like in a field, but you could uh, position yourself to get a picture with him right over your shoulder or whatnot. Um, how did it work on board? They were. It was on uh, deck three and deck four, but the characters were roped off and you had to bring yourself and your child, your family there. And then if you had the photo pass, someone would take the picture. If not, you could do a selfie, but you could not, you know, physically interact. It was more um, selfie style, but the rotation was excellent. We, I, every time we went there, there was someone new, nice. you know, Chip and Dale, all the princesses, there was Captain Minnie, Captain Mickey. And then there was pirate night where there were all sorts of pirate iterations of the characters who were everywhere, but you couldn't hug and touch them. You had to either selfie 
or use the photography element on the ship. Yeah, gotcha. Well, let's talk about disembarkation. The cruise is over. It's time to disembark. How different was the disembarkation process than prior? It was because there were so few people, it was, it was a breeze. We got to have a continental breakfast in the concierge lounge, you know, a bagel and some fruit or whatever, some yogurt. Then we got in the elevator, went down to deck one, quite possibly six minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. That's yeah. super fast. Yeah. Like we got in the elevator. Yeah. They looked at the passports and then we got in, our car was early and we went one of the greatest things in the world is for my daughter and for me being a Disney geek is that we went right from the cruise ship back to Disney world before going home. So we had a couple more days there just as like a buffer. It's so hard to leave as you know, a cruise to go home or Disney world to go home. Yeah. So we had another bookend of a couple more days of magic, but it, the disembarkation was tremendous. And then back to reality. I am here now. Yep. Um, <laughs> Any first-time tips to offer someone uh, sailing a Disney cruise in this startup environment? Yes, I would say if you have the inclination to book a cabana, it's totally worth it. It makes the day really, really easier. It actually comes with a lot of stuff. And if you look at the pricing in terms of you pay for floatables, for tours, for it comes with a lot of stuff. So look at the pricing for a cabana. I recommend it. The other thing with Wi-Fi, if you're going to Nassau, the Bahamas, don't use Disney Wi-Fi. Use your AT&T international plan. It's 10 bucks a day. It'll save you a mint. Mm-hmm. Those two suggestions. The other ones are, if you don't have a reservation for a show, you can sneak in. Okay. And I hope I don't get banned from Disney yeah. for saying that. <laughs> you, can totally, you can totally sneak in uh, without a reservation. Um, the other thing is that get to know your dinner staff. They're sort of your, no pun intended, they're like your bread and butter. They're going to be your friends for four nights. And they're so good. And if you can, try to tip them well. Try to tip them earlier rather than later because then a lot of magical things happen. Awesome. Looking back, this is your first cruise in a very long time. What was the biggest highlight for you? The biggest highlight for me, I think was, it's a cliche, but it was just stepping up the ship. I was like getting close, you know, that little gangplank between we got the test done. I had to put the damn thing up her nose and I was like holding my daughter's hand, like we're getting closer, we're getting closer, getting closer. Just that step on the ship, mm-hmm. I exhaled. I like exhaled two years of stuff. Sure. And I was so relieved. I was ear to ear smiles. I'm a 51 year old man with an eight year old daughter. She and I were just happy. That was my impression. And I could see in the eyes of the crew who were decked out in their whites, they were happy too. No one was necessarily crying, but we were damn close. In closing, what are your final thoughts of Disney Dream? Disney Dream is a beautiful ship. It's a lot bigger than the magic, I think, the fantasy. It's a beautiful ship, elegantly appointed, beautifully staffed. Uh, Food was great. Everything is fresh. It seems like everything's new. 
They had Tito's, by the way. Uh, awesome. I'm there. Yeah. yeah. I would say Castaway looks good. It's a winner. All right. We've been talking with Daniel about his four-night cruise on Disney Dream down to the Bahamas, the double dip at Castaway. Always good talking to you, my friend. Welcome back to sailing. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate it. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. On this September 11th, Cruise Radio remembers those lives lost, the heroes on that day, and the men and women of the United States military who protect us every day. Where were you when the world stopped turning on that September day? 